Welcome in on a Thursday. Hope you're doing all right. Welcome in, welcome in. Mike Steele along with Parker Thune. It is Steelman and Thune at noon here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Hour number one presented by our friends at Lasher Home Comfort Systems. They're family-owned and operated. They've serviced the greater Oklahoma City area. Since 2007, you can call them. Heating and air needs, you call Tim Lasher. He'll get the job done for you at 405-579-3113. So, uh, Parker, what am I hearing? Fox 8 News in Cleveland reporting there could be another potential grand jury no, convened. you don't say. For Deshaun Watson. Whoa. Shocking, I that? Shocking and astonishing. Let's just send him to the People's Court. Is Judge Wapner uh, still around? Judge oh, Wapner, Rusty, the uh, bailiff, Doug Llewellyn. I mean, did, did, did people really think those allegations were just going to vanish? You, you, know, you thought they were just going to go away? I, I saw some people again, well, what's the deal, man? The grand jury said, you know, they, they, the grand jury didn't say he was innocent. They didn't have enough evidence, they thought, the first grand jury to take him to trial. Civil cases, 23 potentially now. And, well, we know of 22, and it looks like there's a 23rd. Uh, those can be paid off, you know, settled out of court. But at the same time, if that grand jury, if they uh, impanel another grand jury, uh, the Browns, what are you going to do? Go back to Baker Mayfield. Hey, Baker, man, we're really sorry about the way we treated you. You know, we didn't mean that thing about needing an adulted quarterback. We were just kidding. Okay, can we can we be square here? Are we good? Now, I don't know, but wouldn't that be the most Browns thing ever to not vet this thing thoroughly? I think it's pretty obvious they didn't vet this thing thoroughly, Mike. I mean... The uh, lawyer that represented the accusers came out and said... Yeah, well, the Browns never talked to me during their extensive investigation. So the Browns thought, man, we still feel like we have a Super Bowl roster. We don't want Baker out here throwing picks again, you know, tearing up his shoulder, trying to make all these tackles when he throws an interception. We got a chance to get Deshaun Watson. An adult. He may be a horrible person. I mean, certainly he is uh, not the guy you want to be giving a massage to. That's, That's for sure. Uh, because there's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear, Buffalo Springfield, but there's something happening here. There's no doubt. Uh, so I don't know. That would be the most Browns thing ever, would it not? If And, you know, they say that money's guaranteed, right? Uh, well, we'll see how long that holds Are up. Are the Browns dumb enough to not put some kind of a clause in there, right? You Where- know, I think they are. Like, I think they actually are. They would be the one organization that is dumb enough to guarantee him $230 million regardless of whatever legal trouble he gets into. And I I, I would imagine that if it does come to that, the Browns will probably be able to they'll probably be able to challenge that in court somehow and get out of paying Deshaun Watson his guaranteed money because I mean, I just I don't see any way you could be collecting a paycheck if you're a sex offender. <laughs> so. If anybody, though, would pay a sex offender and somebody who's been criminally uh, convicted, it would be the Cleveland Browns, right? Above all other organizations. Maybe the Clippers when Donald Sterling was there. I don't know, but it would most likely be the Cleveland Browns. You really want to play some Buffalo Springfield? You can insert it real quick if you want. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Stephen uh, Stills and Neil un- Young. Underneath this conversation. Yeah, yeah, can... But, no, like, I... <laughs> the Bra- just consider this. If the Baker Mayfield situation wasn't controversial enough for the Browns, they say, you know what? We're not just going to one up this thing. 
we're going to make this into an absolute firestorm by bringing in the one quarterback who is more controversial right now than Baker Mayfield. Yeah, it, it, it's a horrible look for Cleveland, no doubt. Horrible, horrible look for the Cleveland Browns. And uh, what a great song that is, for what it's worth. One of the greatest songs of the uh, 60s, no doubt. But um, do you think the Browns saw this and were like, wait a minute, you can reconvene and panel another grand jury? Somebody help me out here. Get a lawyer on the phone. Can they do that? Can they really do that? By the way, there's a uh, there's, I, I have my guesses – on who it was that passed along the adult comment that was obviously intended as a dig at Baker Mayfield because I don't know if you were in the OU Rumors and News Twitter space the other night, I wasn't. Mike, but uh, one person who was quite privy to the situation, uh, they, they wouldn't disclose who it was that made that comment, but they said, look, that is, that is a person that you can't fire. So that comment came from pretty high up. Jimmy Haslam? I mean, I'm not going to say yes, but I'm also not going to say no. GM of the owner, right? It's got to be. I mean, you can fire the GM, though. I guess you can't. It, it would almost have to be the owner then, right? Yeah. But why is the owner the one making those comments? What does the owner care? Because it's Jimmy yeah. Haslam, it's the Cleveland Browns. Right. This franchise is such an embarrassment and a debacle. Well, I wonder what the uh, – look, I, I didn't know you could uh, – I guess you can go to – do you have like a limit on how many grand juries you can, you know, put together and try and charge somebody? I don't know. Somebody out there, some barrister, some legal mind, let us know in the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. The like, it's astonishing, Mike. It's astonishing to me because the apparently Baker Mayfield was too dramatic for the Browns, but Deshaun Watson isn't. Yeah, there is. Uh, I don't know who else would be in the same ballpark in terms of being that toxic right now. Antonio Brown, maybe. Uh, anybody else? But you know. That is just a horrible situation. Like, until Deshaun Watson is thoroughly and permanently cleared of these allegations, if I am an NFL GM, I'm not touching that situation with a 10-foot pole. There is no other situation. Look, we've had situations in sports where somebody comes back and you're like, man, what is it? Look, when, when – uh, Joe Mixon, you know, stayed at Oklahoma. I know he set out a year, and Bob Stoops uh, suspended him for a year. There were a lot of people who thought, man, that's a win-at-all-cost mentality, keeping that kid on campus. I didn't personally like that decision. It turned out to be the right decision. Bob Stoops uh, bet on the kid, not making another big mistake, and it turned out to be the right bet. But there were a lot of people really upset about that. The Browns basically, I guess, thought, well, look, this he's not going to be uh, charged. This grand jury couldn't find the evidence. Guess what? Let's go after Deshaun Watson. There's going to be some blowback, but guess what? We think we have a Super Bowl roster. Let's go ahead and sign him. It reeks of desperation almost. And I don't know why I didn't realize it in the moment, but how desperate are you? When you're shipping off three first-round picks and guaranteeing $230 million for a quarterback that could very seriously be embroiled in legal trouble for months and years to come. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's still uh, going to be interesting to uh, see what happens with Baker, of course, because, you know, OU fans might have to get ready to see Baker Mayfield as a backup quarterback, certainly uh, maybe at the very least competing for a job. We still don't know what's going to happen in Seattle. They have Drew Locke, of course. Pull the trigger, Pete. I would like to see it happen. All right, so we'll head to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We we just uh, we can play 60s hits in the background all day. Honestly, we might just keep this on loop. <laughs> One listener says, I lived in Houston for 18 years. It's a poorly kept secret how corrupt government is there. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I, I have never lived in Houston, so I can neither corroborate nor deny that. Another listener says the commissioner's office needs to be cleaned out. The fact that Zeke got a six-game suspension over something he did in college that he wasn't convicted for, but Watson gets to basically walk free as of right now, Mm -hmm. something is not right. No doubt. Uh, Yeah, you're on the money with that comment. You can always hit us up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. 3439. So that's news again. Fox 8 News in Cleveland reporting another potential grand jury could be reconvened uh, and look into the allegations against Deshaun Watson. The Browns deserve this a thousand times over. There is no organization that deserves this more than the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. (laughs) You know what this goes back to, Mike? You know what this makes me think of? Back when Brent Venables said, you recruit your problems. Yeah. The Browns have recruited their problems. That's a, that's a good way to put it. You know, what's weird is, uh, you know, when this happened and then a couple of the allegations came out and you think, well, you know, that can happen. Uh, you know, some of these alleged victims can be looking for a payout or whatever. But when you have this many, and I think it's always dangerous to blame the victim you know, eh, we've, you know, you're innocent until you're proven guilty. But you know, the uh, the victim being always, uh, oh come on, you know, really, and really, that happened. I don't think so. But something happened. There's no doubt about it, man. When you've got that many people, and again, maybe Deshaun Watson ends up uh, settling out of court with uh, a lot of these ladies. But when you have now 23 of those uh, allegations out there, that's that's a pattern right there. That's a very uh, disturbing pattern first segment i've ever done with buffalo springfield in the background in radio but hey why not we're trailblazing on this show Mike. we are what we do all right that's what we do we're on what month number eight of working together has it been eight months already yeah we started it in mid-august yeah i guess so been fun so far Thanks for hanging out with the old man. I appreciate it. All right, let's take a break right here. And when we get back, let's talk a little sooner football. Spring practice continues. Media availability today, the offense. So we'll get into that when we get back right here on The Ref. It is a Thursday edition of Steelman and Thune at noon here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. All right, spring football practice continues for Oklahoma April 23rd, 3 o'clock, spring game, Baker uh, statue. 
dedication uh, afterwards should be a good time. Sooner fans, Brent Venables, and uh, the coaching staff trying to get you out there and pack the house at uh, Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. I think the crowd's going to be really, really good. If they somehow could pack that, that would be unbelievable for a spring game. Well, if there's one spring game that they will pack, it'll be this one. Yeah. can promise you that. I think they're going to get close. I think they're going to get really close. All right, so offense today, we're hearing from Jeff Levy right now. I'm sure that uh, Tyler will be cutting some audio. You guys will have some of that coming up at uh, 2 o'clock when you get locked in with Tyler McComas. Um, Speaking of Jeff Levy, you know, Muleshoe has this reputation. He's an offensive genius. Yet uh, there were times where it's like, man, they're giving up on the run. And look, I, I think he is a really good offensive coach. Uh, you know, genius, that's, that's a bit much. But don't Jeff Levy's numbers compare very favorably and beat Lincoln Riley's in some areas over the past two or three years? They've been pretty darn good, man. They've yes, been they've been darn quite good. comparable, as a matter of fact. What do you think? How would you describe to somebody who hasn't watched a lot of Ole Miss and maybe he's not even a Sooner fan, didn't watch a lot of Oklahoma, how the offenses go about it differently? Jeff Lebby versus Lincoln Riley. It's hard to say because here's the thing with Jeff Lebby. His offenses have actually been more run-heavy historically than mule shoes however jeff levy really has never had receiving weapons at his disposal the likes of marvin mims theo weiss jalil farouk etc etc so i i wonder if we might get a more pass heavy oklahoma offense under jeff levy particularly in a season like 2022 where you don't have a real conspicuous bell cow running back you got a whole bunch of guys that will be in the mix for carry. Eric Gray, Marcus Major, Javante Barnes, whom I really like. But nobody that's really, truly set themselves apart from the rest of the pack. And so with that in mind and with the new, the new flavor of Oklahoma football that's in town with this coaching staff, the fact that everybody's getting excited about what Dylan Gabriel brings to the table – I wonder if we see Oklahoma air it out a little bit more this fall than we have in the past. And again, I just that may just be me reading into things a little more than is necessary, but Jeff Levy's offenses have historically been really good because they've been able to throw the ball effectively. And obviously, you got to run the ball to set up the pass. Everyone knows that. That's football 101. But with the receivers that Oklahoma has at their disposal this year and the weapons that Dylan Gabriel is going to have in the arsenal. I would be surprised if we don't see a little bit more aerial assault under Jeff Levy than we did under Muleshoe. And maybe that doesn't change the splits because over the seven years that Muleshoe was calling the plays, the Sooners leaned about 55% in favor of the run. So maybe you see similar numbers with Jeff Levy. I think the difference is going to be the types of pass plays that you see called. More downfield shots. It's going to be more more downfield, probably a bit more create because Muleshoe at time like at times he would go completely off the beaten path and throw you a curveball. But he tended to get really really predictable with the pass plays he dialed up at times. I don't think that's going to be the case with Jeff Levy and I also think especially with Dylan Gabriel throwing the passes, they're going to be a bit more eager to push the ball downfield, more so than they were when Muleshoe was in town. So I I don't know. 
In some, I don't know what this offense is going to look like. But I think whatever it does end up looking like, it's something that Sooner fans are going to be able to get excited about. Yeah, I, I think that uh, obviously with Art Bryles being uh, his father-in-law and his time at Baylor as well, you know, Baylor had some slick offenses, man. Art Bryles, they would spread you out. You remember how the splits were for the wide receivers almost sideline to sideline? And uh, they caused some nightmares for people. But they also ran the football quite a bit. They ran the football effectively. And uh, the question that you brought up is, does Oklahoma have a guy that can, can – carry the majority of the load. Kennedy Brooks was that guy last year. I think Aaron Gray's a good back. He's a solid back. Marcus Majors had his moments, but again, a solid back. Javante Barnes, true freshman, looks like the best physical specimen. I know you're the president of his fan club now. Maybe he emerges as that guy. Um, how unproven are they at running back? When was the last time they were they were this unproven at running back? Well... And again, they <laughs> to be honest with you, the one may break out. But the, the beginning of the 2020 season, back before Ramondre Stevenson got back in the fold, and after his suspension was lifted, and even when Ramondre Stevenson did re-enter the mix, there was still a lot that was unproven because Ramondre Stevenson had only been the third-string running back the year prior. So, this is not a situation that's unprecedented at the University of Oklahoma. And Eric Ray did do some really nice things at Tennessee, and I don't want to mm-hmm. take that away from him. He no, had I haven't over given a thousand up. Yards I haven't given up on Eric Gray in yeah. two thousand. And yeah. so, if you're looking for a guy that has that experience, Eric Gray has more of it than anybody in that room. Uh, again, like I said, though, I don't know that at this point I'm comfortable saying there is one guy that is clearly the lead dog in the backfield. You think though, I. I, I think that you were leaning in the direction of Javante Barnes eventually at some point being the guy who's going to be the one who gets the most carries. Yes, and behind the scenes, that's not an unpopular opinion at all. Sooners have had some pretty good freshmen. Yes, they have. the pigskin in the past, right? Samaj P. Ryan, Trey Sermon, Adrian Peterson, obviously. Marcus Dupree back in the day. I mean, uh, back in the days of unlimited scholarships, it was crazy. You think about Oklahoma, Billy Sims, you know, had a few injuries maybe early in his career, but some of those guys, it took a while for them to emerge and then they became great. But I can remember Oklahoma, there were guys like Dexter Bussey and Mike Thomas who played in the NFL who never really saw any time at Oklahoma. They were like third team on the depth chart. Uh, that's when you could give, again, unlimited scholarships, which is kind of crazy to think about now. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, uh, we don't know if he's meeting the media today. I know that offensive players are. Uh, Jeff Levy was meeting the media uh, moments ago. But uh, is everybody still upset about Dylan Gabriel's face mask? Is that still a thing? I don't know if they're upset about it. Or they're like, what is that? Does it look too space-age to them or what? It was very unusual to see the reaction that came down to the video and the pictures of uh, Dylan Gabriel's helmet and face mask. What do you want him to be like? Do you want him to be like Billy Kilmer back in the day, just with a single bar? Every time he saw a shot of Billy Kilmer on the bench, he'd like have a bloody nose or whatever. I, I will say this: it's it's kind of retro, like it's kind of futuristic, but it's also kind of retro, like. It takes you back. You look at Dylan Gabriel's helmet, you're like, dang, it's like it's like a 1970s-style helmet. Just a straight-up two-bar, not a whole lot of bells and whistles to it, but it's it, it, it looks like an astronaut helmet. 
It is really it, what it looks it like. It looks like, did you ever as a kid, uh, well, you're too young, but for those of you my age, remember the Hutch football set? You got that helmet and like the jersey with it, and the helmet was like plastic. And uh, I remember a kid came out to practice with one of those helmets that split in half. Uh, you know, luckily it wasn't hit very hard. It was like, you know, sixth grade or no, it was like fifth grade. I think it was Optimus football, but I saw one of those crack in half. But I don't know. It, I'm sure he knows what he's doing. Remember, they showed him uh, in the video and pictures also initially became to Oklahoma being fitted for that helmet and everything. And uh, as long as he can throw the football, I don't care if he wears, you know, a leather helmet like they did back in the old days. When people were just tougher. They didn't <laughs> Built have, different. That's right. They didn't have two days, three a days, and they loved it. None of this. You can only work out with the players so long. They've got to do academics. What? Really? There's some places where I don't think academics are that important, though. Do you think there's a lot of uh, emphasis on academics at Auburn? No. I, I Look, Mike, there's not much of an emphasis on academics anywhere if you're a football player. Like, if you want to challenge yourself academically, you certainly can. But if you just want to get an easy degree and spend as little time as possible in the classroom, mm-hmm. there are people on every college campus that will make that happen. They will find the easiest path for you. They will get you in the easiest classes, and they will make sure you can spend as much time on football and as little time on school as humanly possible. Is that when they put up the – they used to put up the graphic, you know, what they were studying, like, and it was always university studies, you know. Like, <laughs> yes, what? exactly. Exactly. University <laughs> studies. Inter- or interdisciplinary studies, something like that. But, no, the, the, the cupcake degrees, they're usually pretty easy to point out. Mm-hmm. We had uh, – a man. I was looking for cake classes in addition to what I knew would be some difficult classes, but I was looking for the cake classes. We had a, a Greek mythology professor back in the day. I can't remember his name, but he was really old at the time. Really nice guy. But I remember the, the word was you could actually call him. He would not know what was going on, and he would give you the answers to the test. So I put that to the test, and I was like, so Medusa, again, her head is what? It's snakes, right? Yes, that's correct. You know, And so I'm like, okay, there's the answer to that. Here's the answer to that. Ace the test. So everybody, you know, you're going to face uh, in just about any degree program, at some point, you're going to have a couple uh, difficult classes, but I was always looking for the easy stuff, too, because I'm not a smart man. I'm like Forrest Gump. I, I'm not smart. All right. Uh, if you are smart and you have a heat and air issue, the smart move is to call Tim Lasher and his great company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. They're family-owned, family-operated, servicing the greater Oklahoma City area now for 15 years, call them up, 405-579-3113, 405-579-3113 for all your heat and air needs. Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. All right, Sweet 16 tonight in the NCAA tournament. We'll talk about the matchups. And we have a text line question for you that we want you to participate in. We'll tell you about it when we get back here on The Ref. All right, we're back. Man, I forgot about that song. It's a good song. 
Isn't it? It is a good song. I don't know why I forgot about it. Probably because I'm uh, I'm old. That's probably why. How's everybody doing on this Thursday? Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Steelman, and Thune at noon here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network on your Thursday. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Anything you want to text us, we'll try and answer it. 405-651-3439. We're guest-free today. 405-651-3439. Okay, Mike, I want to bring this up because it just showed up on my Twitter timeline. So uh, my employer, 24-7 Sports, uh, has an outstanding national writer whom we've had on this program, Chris Hummer, and he released a list of 16 five-star recruits with something to prove in the year 2022. Okay. There are three that will be of note here. One is Quinn Ewers, which I'm just like, does he really have anything to prove? Like, is the expectation that he's going to start at te- I I guess the expectation probably is that he's going to start at Texas. And I know everybody's... Well, he's very, very, very good at signing his name to NIL deals. Uh, we that know that. Is. Yeah, well, I I don't know that I would say Quinn Ewers really has anything to prove because, I mean, what's going to happen if he just has an average year at Texas? That's kind of par for the course for Texas over the last decade. So Quinn Ewers, comparatively speaking, particularly because he's only been playing college football for one year doesn't have a whole lot to prove in my eyes. But the other two that are of note here to Sooner fans uh, are two members of the Oklahoma offensive line, Wanye Morris and Bray Walker. Yeah, Bray Bray Walker is a five-star, yeah. That's right, Wanye Morris again. Uh, it's almost like everybody just penciled him in at left tackle last year once he came through well, the Well, they portal. did. He was preseason all Big 12. He was. You're right, he was. And uh, – I don't know. We'll see. Maybe a little uh, body by Schmitty will help him, you know? We'll, You'd hope so, we'll see. man. We'll see. Yeah, two guys on the offensive line. And, uh, you know, the, the Oklahoma, I, you know what a huge fan of Bill Bedenboe I am, but they've, they've got to be better than they have been the past couple of years. And, again, part of the issue was that offensive line they had before sent four guys to the NFL. And you have arguably – well, most people would tell you Trent Williams has been the best left tackle in football for a while. And he has. And Creed Humphrey might be. If he's not, he's one of the top three centers right now in the uh, in the NFL. He was great. Man, we've got the uh, text line is blowing up. Blowing up indeed. Let's see what folks are saying. One listener says, I cover Ole Miss on the field every week. Ole Miss running back stable is a lot like current Oklahoma backs. Quick backs followed by a hammer. Levy throws across the middle a lot, downfield some, backs catch out of the backfield. The thing where I'm curious is how fast will OU go? Ole Miss went real fast. Yeah, I always like when you play fast, Uh, so we'll see. Um, It's going to be interesting. I think, again, that OU fans, when you talked about Muleshoe making the move out to L.A., you know, uh, the the wish list, really, you were hearing two names. Brent Venables, head coach. Jeff Levy, offensive coordinator. Boom, boom, you got both. Then you get Todd Bates coming along. Are you kidding me? And some of the other guys they've got on this staff. It, it looks like a big-time staff. Again, they got to go out and prove it. But they proved it elsewhere. And, and I just like what they put together. All right, yeah, the, uh, somebody's got a really good comment. Exactly right. George Cumbie started out at running back. He was a fullback, I believe, George Cumbie. 
but was moved because the running back room was so deep. That's 100% accurate. Yes, George Cumbie was a wishbone fullback initially and became one of the best linebackers in college football uh, during that time period. Uh, Daryl Hunt and George Cumbie, quite the linebacking pair. Another listener says there used to be a guaranteed A class at OU about geology nicknamed Rocks for Jocks because so many members of the OU football team took the class. Yeah, I took that class. Rocks for Jocks? Yes, I'm not ashamed to admit it. Well, why not, man? I mean, you had work to do also. You were uh, you were also doing your yeah, that's, that's career semester. stuff too, right? Well, that semester I took that class, I was taking 19 credit hours. So I was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm okay with taking the softball class, especially because it was a gen ed. And I was just like, you know what? I don't really need to put any effort into this. It is a science requirement. Lord knows I'm never going to do anything in my life that has anything to do with science. So I will take the easy A. Yeah, an 80 is an A in that class. So what would otherwise be a B will get you an A. Well, uh, there was one class that I failed in college, and I ended up with like a 2.8. You know, I was on the five-year plan. And I'm a big art fan. I love art. I love it. I've been, you know, to some of the great museums, the Uffizi in Florence, the Vatican Museum, uh, you know, Chicago, Forest, uh, Forest, uh, Ferris Bueller's Museum with Seurat and all those great paintings there. Um, but I failed art history because the Lambda Chi House, we found a, a uh, full-court basketball outdoor court. I actually discovered it in high school when we used to go out there and play, but we put together a two-on-two Lambda Chi League, and we staged the games at the time when the art history class was, so I only went like twice. So other than that, it was a decent college career, but I was on the five-year plan. I was on the five-year plan. It really, it it took you five years? It did, and part of it was because I was working, in fact, I was working in this building a lot. So I was uh, I was trying to get my journalism journalism experience not only in the classroom at OU but also in a real job. Uh, and I was fortunate to do that. I was sports director here in this building when I was a senior at OU. So I kind of got a little bit of a head start because well, my dad said you need to go out to KNOR. This used to be KNOR Radio, and just volunteer and let them put you to work. So that's what I did, and it turned out. My dad was right, so it kind of got me a lap up on everybody else. Uh, and I'm not saying you can't learn anything, you know, over at the journalism school. Now, we didn't have the shiny building that you guys had back in the day, but I always thought I need to get some real experience, too. And they put me to work, and i um, very thankful for it. All right, uh, what is this ha-ha that message wasn't for you? Oh, boy, this was this was outstanding. One of our listeners says, I'm trying to recall if the white box has a trailer hitch receiver <laughs> on it. Maybe we moved it to the red box. If so, I want it back on the white one and the trailer light wiring. And then followed it up with, ha-ha, that message wasn't for you. So, oh, man. It's a little bit of a sorry, wrong number type of situation. You ever get one of those or you send one like, oh, no, you know. Yes. So, uh, so anyway. Uh, underwater basket weaving. Yes, basket is. Has there ever been a real basket weaving class? Because that's always a go-to, right? That's one of those you hear about. Well, I'm sure they're taking basket weaving or whatever. <laughs> if that's an actual class, I don't think it's offered at OU. Yeah, mine was uh, that Greek mythology class. 
was the supposedly the EZA that I heard from everybody. So I enrolled in that, and it was. But um, I don't know that I had – art history should have been, but, again, we had the Lambda Chi Basketball League going on at the same time, so that took priority. Beer drinking and playing on a nine-foot full court where you could actually slam. Everybody was Dr. J, you know, at that time, or MJ. So that took uh, precedence at the time. All right, I want to throw this out, by the way. I teased this, so I better pay off the tease. We're, we're talking about joy and pain here, okay? Remember that song? Rob Bass, DJ Easy Rock from back in the day. We could play it into the break. Joy and Pain. That's a song? Rob Bass, DJ Easy Rock. You don't okay. have to worry about bad lyrics or anything, but okay, I'm talking about. Sounds good. I'm talking. My wife took billiards in college. Now that sounds like a class right there. I like that. Joy and Pain, Rob Bass, DJ Easy Rock. What sooner moments in athletics gave you the most joy? And what sooner moment gave you the most pain? So we're talking about joy and pain here. All right? What sooner moment gave you the most joy? What sooner moment gave you the most pain? If you also want to roll that into sports in general, you can do that as well. Give us both if you want. There we go. Oh, man. I. That's a tough one. I've endured a lot of pain. Bring it up. Bring it up. Here we go. Here we go. Joy and pain. That's what we're talking about. You can answer in the next segment. Joy and pain. What sooner moment gave you the greatest joy? What sooner moment resulted in absolute pain? Yes. (laughs) I might even dance to this. You never know. Is there a camera in here? Probably not. That's why I don't dance because everybody is watching. That is the biggest reason not to dance. Well, because if you try to dance, you might catch your foot on an extension cord again and bite it. That could happen, man. That was a near face plant. I barely saved that, but, man, my knee hurt for a week. All right, Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Joy and pain. Tell us about it when we get back. Uh, What an old classic that was. They also did It Takes Two. I know a lot of you remember that one. This was kind of their second biggest. Joy and pain. We're going to go to those here in just one second on the Air Comfort Solutions uh, text line, 405-651-3439. we got a ton of them already. A lot of joy at Riverwind Casino because you're going to win cash, bonus play, prizes, jackpots. You're going to be entertained. You're going to dine well. Nothing but joy at Riverwind this Friday night, the $80,000 courtside cash promotional drawing, the final one for this great promotion before they roll out another big-time promotion for April, the $80,000 courtside cash drawing Friday night, 6 to 11.30, win your share of cash and bonus play. Two grand prize winners drawn out just before midnight are going to win even more uh, cash and bonus play. Also, the 80K land into luxury drawing is Saturday night. That's right, S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y night. The Bay City Rollers will not be there, however, at Beats and Bites. The 80K Land into Luxury winner is going to walk away, the grand prize winner. And again, keep in mind, they're also giving away 10000 bucks in cash and bonus play uh, out there on Saturday night. And the grand prize winner is going to win a brand new 2022 Cadillac XT5. We have Beats and Bites 22, the great outdoor concert series on the way, beginning May 28th with Night Ranger and Starship. All kinds of great 
stuff out there, craft beers from Coupe Ale Works. You've got uh, the food trucks everywhere. July 9th after the Randy Rogers Band, you'll have a tremendous fireworks show. Everything's happening at Riverwind. Check it out. Get your tickets right now, riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. All right, Parker, let's get to uh, the text line. we got a bunch of these. Let's hit them. Okay, we'll just do these rapid fire here. Joy, 2000 National Championship. Yeah. Payne, tough call between 55 to 19 or Boise State. That's, you know, I, I think in terms of Payne, uh, for me, those are two that are way up there for me. And probably the third one would be the 88 National Championship basketball loss to KU. Okay. And yes, that's what this next listener says. Joy, comeback victory over Texas. Payne, National Championship loss to Kansas in basketball will always be the worst. Next one. In recent history, most joy was getting revenge on Ohio State and Baker planting the flag. Most pain was losing to the nerd kicker from Georgia in the playoffs. Joy, 2000 National Championship. New OU was back. 78 Nebraska was devastating. That's Jim one. Pillen. Yeah, that's the one we talked about when uh, Billy Sims fumbled at the three, and they had a ton of fumbles that day. I, I believe that Oklahoma team is the best team in the country. That game cost them a national championship of course they got their revenge against nebraska in the orange bowl but a little bit too late you know they lost late in the year so joy uh, painful joy quentin griffin's fourth quarter touchdown in the orange bowl in 2001 yep pain georgia loss in the rose bowl joy landry jones beating alabama pain thunder losing in 2012 finals boo you know, I think the one for me, if you're going Thunder, would be Game 6, Clay Thompson heats up, and Oklahoma City looked like they were going to the finals. And uh, even Andre Iguodala said, man, they had us. Should have won a championship, but Clay got hot. Joy, Uwe von Schaumann kick, pain. The interception called out of bounds versus the Shorthorns. Some old school ones right there. Von Schaumann's kick, 77, to beat Woody and the Buckeyes at the horseshoe, and that was the uh, – Andre Johnson, a Keith Stanberry, you know, situation where it looked like Stanberry had the ball, and uh, that would have been overturned by replay, but there was no replay then, obviously. Joy, 2000 Football National Championship, so got another vote for that one. Payne, once again, lost to Kansas in the Basketball National Championship game 1988. Joy, Little Joe beating Missouri 1975. Pain, no doubt, 1971 OU Nebraska, eight years old, crying when Kenny scored. Dude, you and I are the same age. I was eight years old in 71, too. I remember watching that game at my grandmother's house on Thanksgiving Day. And, yes, Jeff Kenny went in. Nebraska won 35-31. Joe Washington, yes, uh, Mike Trapp's radio call, he was talking about, go, Joe, go, as Joe Washington broke into the open field. Then they had to have a two-point conversion. And if you look back at that video, I'm not so sure that Joe Washington got in, but they said he did, and Oklahoma won a tough game in Columbia back in the day. Mike and Parker, my joy was 1985 and 2000 natties, and Payne was 2003 and 2008, losing to LSU in Florida. Both very winnable games. Very winnable games. Joy, Von Schaumann field goal. Ohio State, Payne, game of the century versus Nebraska. So both ones that we've heard echoed on the Air Comfort Solutions text line thus far. Oh, this. Oh, we have a we, uh, story time. I was at the Rose Bowl versus Georgia, right behind five drunk Georgia fans who had their shirts off by the end of the game. When they arrived before the game, they announced OU was about to see what SEC defense was all about. The first half was beautiful. They left for a while before returning for the second half with their shirts off and bodies painted. Very painful loss. 
Yes, that was uh, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, DeAndre Swift also was in that backfield. Uh, and the Sooners looked like they were going to run uh, Georgia out of the Rose Bowl for a while. Landry Jones never – did somebody say Landry yeah, Jones? Yeah, you about know what, I, Jason I was going White, so right? fast I forgot to uh, I forgot to correct that. No, Landry right. Jones did not play Nebraska. Jason White did beat Alabama, and then obviously Trevor Knight beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl in 2015. That was the LeColton-Bester game. The LeColton-Bester game. Best game he ever played. Joy! Watching Chase Daniel cry during the 2007 <laughs> Big 12 Championship. Pain, Adrian Peterson losing the Heisman to Liner. Two very underrated ones there. Yeah, good though. Good ones, good calls. All right, last one. Joy, 1986 OU Nebraska. Payne lost to Kansas in basketball. Yeah, the 86 Nebraska game, that was the sideline uh, tightrope act by Keith Jackson that led to the Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems field goal to win the game. Great comeback by OU. We'll actually hit a couple more here. Joy, 2000 Texas A&M. I guess there's no pain for this listener. This listener has never experienced pain. Well, that's good. That's good for that listener. The joy in that game was the Torrance Marshall uh, Oh, okay. Here we go. Here's, here's their pain. Uh, okay, pain, OU, Indiana, Final Four. Good that would have been call. 2002. Man, Qantas White, again, not full strength. You talk about Oklahoma not being at full strength. Tom freaking Coverdale and that Indiana team had no business beating that OU team. But All right. It happened. A couple more. Joy Von Schaumann field goal pain Kansas seventy five loss at home twenty three to three they still went on to win the national championship though but OU fumbled nine times that day was in Missouri and heard the score and stayed home from school for a week after I remember as a kid you couldn't because uh, you know my first game was nineteen seventy but once. They played, uh, you know, in the 71 game of the century and then the Fairbanks year in 72. And then Switzer started out with 28 victories in a row that they went without a loss. And you just, as a kid, you were like in absolute shock of Oklahoma lost a game. That just didn't happen. So, yes, as a kid at that age, the tears would flow. Like, you didn't know how to deal with it. All right, we're going to break, top of the hour, and uh, we've got another hour to go. Steelman and Thune at noon here on The Ref, thanks to Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Keep the texts coming in. Stay with us here on The Ref. It is hour number two on a Thursday. Thank you for being here with us today. Appreciate it very much. You want to send some more joy and pain, uh, texts in. You can do that. Biggest joy in your Sooner uh uh, sports career in terms of watching Oklahoma in action or – the biggest pain that you've experienced as a Sooner fan in the world of sports. And we're going to get to a few more of those, and then we're going to talk a little uh, Sooner recruiting. Big weekend coming up for OU. Parker will have details here in a second, but let's get to a few more of these on the text line. Yeah, one listener asks, Red, Dylan Gabriel's arm wasn't as strong as Baker or Kyler's. How does his arm compare to Heupel? Uh, I would say, obviously, I've never seen Josh Heupel except on film. I've only ever watched tape of Josh Heupel. I was not old enough to have watched him in person. I would say Dylan Gabriel has a better arm than Josh Heupel. Obviously, comparing anyone's arm strength to Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray is a little bit unfair because both those dudes had absolute cannons, particularly Kyler. So, no, Dylan Gabriel is not going to be that guy. He's not the type of player that's going to throw the ball 70 yards on a rope for a touchdown. But... That is, I don't think that is an insult to Dylan Gabriel's arm strength because it's more than adequate. It's just not, it's not Baker Mayfield and it's not Kyler Murray. 
I always thought that Josh had an above average arm, nothing spectacular. Josh was upstairs, man. He uh, he yes. knew how to get in the right play. He had that football IQ, uh, and obviously he's gone into coaching. Uh, I think he did a pretty good job at Tennessee last year. Uh, but anytime the uh, situation called for him to make a good decision most times he did but yes I would say that Dylan Gabriel's arm is stronger than Josh Heupel's but if you're comparing it to Baker and Kyler uh then you know that's it's kind that, of an un- that's, unfair that's a high bar yeah, to cross the bar is very very high okay yeah. back to the back to the text line here what's with KREF's obsession with Sooner fans most painful moments crap especially after everything we've been through the last couple of months this isn't the first time i've heard this stupid offseason topic on your station we got us a whiny little soy boy <laughs> that's the one the commercial was talking about there jeez get a grip seriously I mean, it's just a topic. My gosh, people take things too seriously. It's okay to talk about pain. We that's we, right. We, you we have can to talk. Ex- that's right. Experience the pain. We threw joy out there too. You should concentrate on joy. Okay, get a little joy in your life. All right. What is this uh, about, Frank Broyles? Oh here? yes, joy. Hearing Frank Broyles declare in the '86 Orange Bowl. That during the game broadcast, that oh you can't win with passes to the tight end Keith Jackson and runs by the fullback Lydell Carr. Pain learning that the great Dave Schultz had been murdered by John Dupont. That was a horrible deal, and you've seen the movies there, right? Um, Foxcatcher and everything. Um, Steve Carell was in one. They were w- both well done, but yeah, what a horrible deal. Wait a minute. All right, uh, but Frank Broyles wouldn't have called the the Orange Bowl because that was an NBC broadcast. Are you talking about Frank Broyles on another broadcast saying that Oklahoma couldn't do that in the Orange Bowl? Because the, uh, you know, that would have been Don Crickey and Bob Trumpy, I believe, on the call in the 86 Orange Bowl. But you may be talking about him saying that leading up to the game. And, yes, Lydell Carr had a touchdown run, second half. Keith Jackson caught a touchdown pass from Jamel Holloway in that matchup against Penn State back in the day. So, Frank Broyles, man. I love some Frank Broyles. Legendary coach at the University of Arkansas. When I think of Arkansas athletics, I think about Frank Broyles. And I know you can talk about the – who is it? The uh, track and field coach who won all those championships. Uh, Nolan Richardson won a championship. But Frank Broyles, man, he is the guy. One listener says, glad y'all roasted that last texter. Some people complain about everything. SMH. I don't like roasting people. That's usually not my cup of tea. But, I mean, that was a little much. I mean, it's just a topic. You don't have to participate. I mean, it was just out of curiosity. The elation and the humiliation. Maybe we could have called it that. I don't know. Yeah, it's that's getting a little wordy for some folks. You have to joy and pain. Uh, we plus we got the song for joy and pain. That's right. I don't know of a song called elation and humiliation. But no, but I've been through both, mainly humiliation. But uh, that's a catchy tune. Now you're gonna have to put that on a playlist. Yeah, you know one of the one of the things that radio is good for, Mike, is therapy. Talking about your trauma. If you don't experience pain, you have no idea what joy is, right? We're not robots. We experience emotions. 405-651-3439. So anyway, okay. All right. uh, Big recruiting weekend. 
the headline either Monday or middle of next week will be what about sooner recruiting? That that's hard to say because I don't think you're going to get a rash of commitments this weekend. I really don't. I think you could end up with one. I would be hard pressed to say you get multiple. Okay. And but you were talking. It was David Stone you're talking about, right? David Stone. I don't think he's going to be in town this weekend. But, I don't think he's one of the ones that's visiting. But uh, I do think he's going to commit in the very near future. But you think? Yeah. You. I heard you say you think that's happening quickly. So. Potentially, if I'm asking you right now, uh, when you look at this class, when it comes together next December, and of course you can add to that in the spring, I get that, but how many five-star recruits do you think the Sooners will have next December when they announce that class, the biggest part of the class, because December is now the big signing period, how many five-star defensive guys do you think they'll have? In 2023? Yes, I will say I will say they'll have one. Okay. Either so, David Hicks or Anthony Hill. I feel like I'm getting a little overly optimistic to project that they land both. Now, if, if you're looking ahead to 2024, Mike, the Sooners could have six or seven total five stars. That's yeah, not out of the realm of possibility. People have been saying, and you've been saying that a lot, is you think 2023 is going to be a good class. But you think 2024 could be the class, like maybe like an A&M class without the cheating from this year? Well, I actually, actually, yeah, it could resemble that A&M class. I, you're not going to have the sheer numbers that mm-hmm. A&M had because I think they signed like what – 28, 29 guys, something like that. That's part of the reason why they're having so much difficulty making room for both LT Overton and his brother is because they oversigned. So I don't anticipate that in any class over the next few years, Oklahoma is going to sign that many players. But the quality of players that they sign, especially in 24, it will be quite comparable. Yeah, one thing uh, this weekend to you, uh, you know, we talked about we, we thought that, you know, you were going to have that um, – the 7-on-7 seven seven academy come by, right, last week. That didn't come to fruition, correct? Last week, wasn't it uh, – weren't they touring or something? And that's where some yes, of the kids were coming. Yes, yeah, yes, that's, yes, that's right. There were supposed to be like eight, eight visitors. Right. Uh, but the 26th has been a date that's been circled for a while. So yes, it has. Big names and where Oklahoma stands, in your opinion, right now with the group coming in this weekend. Okay, so the biggest names and where I think they stand. Look, Stacy Gage, we have talked about him on Locked In previously. Five-star running back at IMG Academy and a native, Mike, of Hugo, Oklahoma. Really? Now, he was only he, he was born in Hugo, did not live in Hugo for very long, but he has been a Sooner fan his whole life. I expect him to be committed to Oklahoma by year's end and perhaps much sooner. So that is another guy that I would put right up there with David Stone in terms of players that I think are going to be Sooners when it's all said and done, and I'd, I'd, I'd be willing to put money on it at this point. Now beyond that, if you're looking at 2023 prospects, Kyler Casper, the six foot six wide receiver out of the state of Arizona, that's a guy to watch. Um, 
Caden McDonald, the four-star defensive lineman out of the state of Georgia, has a whole bunch of just bizarre connections to the University of Oklahoma. And it's all kind of astonishing how well that whole thing came together for OU because his older brother is Trey Morrison's best friend uh, and was also coached by Brandon Hall at Troy. Ted Roof is from his same town, Gwinnett, in Georgia. He was Little League teammates with Jackson Arnold. Wow. This is running deep here. Yes, and there's one other one. I can't remember exactly. He, But he has like five direct connections to OU. And so, needless to say, the Sooners are feeling pretty good about their chances with Caden McDonald. So, Gage, though, you're saying he was born in Hugo? Is that it? Yes. Okay, and how much time did he spend there? I don't know precisely. I mean, if you think about the Sooner Heisman winners – and clearly, Gage will be a Heisman front runner, right? At some point, I <laughs> maybe <laughs> he's a five star, so you hope so. Billy Vessels was from Cleveland, Oklahoma. Jason White was from Tuttle. Uh, Steve Owens from Miami, and then you had Sam Bradford in Oklahoma City. But three of those four, not exactly from from metropolises or just like. Program now, Metropolis. IMG, right? But IMG is the maybe the school uh, you want to be at if you if you can get kids from IMG. That is basically we only take guys that we think are going to be really, really, really good and have a chance not only to play at the college level but possibly the NFL level. Now for Oklahoma, again, it's been Buki and TJ Pledger, right? Yeah. So, and Buki is now Washington. TJ Pledger just played last year at Utah. Utah, that's right. And, and they Buki's were, entering the draft. They were disappointing, but uh, I don't want to say they're horrible. They had their moments. Buki made some really bad decisions at times. But, um, you know, we talked about getting into that part of the country, and the Sooners have had a history of, you know, getting some players from Florida in their past, of course. But if you could, uh, it looks like they have a pretty good in at IMG. Right, so far. Yes. I, I, I'm going to ask you to rack your interminably factoid, packed brain. Can you think of any past Sooners from Hugo? I can't. You're the authority on this, Mike. So if you can't think of a Sooner from Maybe, Hugo over the years, I mean, I can think I'm not of convinced tiny there, communities. I mean, you had uh, um, a lot of kids from smaller towns again. Who was the kid from uh, Hartshorn from back in the day? Oh, my gosh. I can see him, and I can't. Uh, played for Barry back in the 80s. Uh, somebody help me out on the text line because it's old man memory recall here. But I, I think that, um, you know, the thing is, to me, if you can get great kids from Oklahoma, look, you know, and Union or Jinx or Broken Arrow or Owasso or some of these big-time programs, that's great. But you can find – look, Teddy was Fort Gibson, right? Um, and showed up at camp or in that amazing time and then uh, ends up being a great linebacker at OU. So One listener says, I, I thoroughly enjoy stealing saying something that happened before Parker was even born and Parker just rolls with it. <laughs> yes, I, l- listen, I know my history. Yeah. I'll say that much for the most part. Caesar Renty, good call. Yes, that's who it was. But I don't Caesar remember. Renty. I don't remember anybody from Hugo, and maybe there is somebody out there I'm not remembering, and there could be very well be somebody from the Bud Wilkinson era uh, that I, I I just don't remember. But I need help. Yeah, I know, man. Yeah, Parker is. 
I go way back. I go way back. Yes, Cesar Rennie. We had a couple of those answered. So he turned out to be a pretty good player for OU. All right. uh, We're going to take a break right here. Keep the texts coming. Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Thanks to our second-hour sponsor. Second-hour sponsor. Seth Wadley Auto Group in Falls Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a vehicle and a tremendous guarantee. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. That's a heck of a deal. Come back. Let's talk Sweet 16 and get more texts in uh, when we return. All right. Through uh, research that our uh, great texters have uncovered, John Higginbotham, Hugo, was listed as a defensive lineman 77 through 79 at OU. I don't remember a John Hickenbotham. I'm sorry if John Hickenbotham is out there. I uh, I know some Hickenbothams from Norman. Went to school with Melinda Hickenbotham. She was a cute cheerleader back in the day. I don't know where she is now. But um, John Hickenbotham. Hugo. There we go. Uh, somebody said that Ronnell Lewis was from Dewar. That's correct. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, is that how you say it? Doer, huh? Doer, yes. Okay. Just want all these regional pronunciations get me backwards sometimes, Mike. It's even worse in Texas because Texas has like refugio, mm-hmm. for instance. That's R E F U G I O. I know the G makes an R sound. Like what, what? What is that about? I wonder if it's just uh, hillbillies back in the day that didn't want to enunciate you, you know, or whatever. And, and there's that one uh, it, bear, which is B E X A R. Yeah, what is that? You violate rules of our language. There are so many in Texas because I remember I when I was in college, I had two roommates that were from Texas, mm-hmm. and they put me through a quiz, and they showed me like twenty different names of cities and towns in Texas and asked me to pronounce them and I got them all wrong because they were they're all just like bizarre pronunciations that make no sense. Well see, I think that's how Miami became or Miami, it should be Miami, Oklahoma, right? Now, okay, it, so I've how been, does how does an I make a U sound? It okay, so I, I have been to Miami mm-hmm. and I have talked to residents of the town that call it Miami. Okay. See, I think that's just lazy hillbillies. We're going to go over Miami this weekend, you know, and it became Miami. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's always been the one in Oklahoma that has always made me kind of turn my head sideways with. But there, there are dozens of them in Texas. I'm trying to think of some of the other really good ones. Bear and Refurio mm-hmm. are the two that really stand out. Yeah, they're, people they're... people have a lot of trouble generally with Waxahachie. Yeah, that yeah. one, I, I that one's not as bad to me. Like it's it's somewhat intuitive. That Refurio is is yeah. That's again that violates every rule of the language. Correct. Another listener says Derek Locke, who played at yeah. Kentucky, was from Hugo. Derek was a great player. He was a good player. Uh, my favorite Kentucky player though of all time was the Pillsbury Throwboy, of course. <laughs> Jared Lorenzen, oh, rest in my, peace. I know, man. I love Jared Lorenzen. Uh, Richard Turner, D lineman from Hugo, eighty to eighty-three, destroyed what? FSU's really? O line in the two Orange Bowls. Wow. See, I do remember Richard Turner. He was a really good player. I didn't remember that he was from Hugo. That's a good recall right there. He was a good player. Really good player. 
Hugo, Oklahoma. I've right. never, I don't think I've ever been there. I've been through Idabel, mm-hmm. which is near Hugo, if I'm not mistaken. So, southeastern Oklahoma. Yes. Down there by Durant. Durant? Yes, Durant. I've, been, I've been through there. Is that how, is that how they say it, That's, Durant? It's Durant, of course, but it's Durant in Oklahoma speak. Interesting. Um, oh, Chickasha. That's another mm-hmm. one in Oklahoma. Like, the first time I heard somebody ch- say Chickasha, I was like, what now? Chickasha? There was a, a may, I'm trying to remember Mejia. That's right. Mejia. Mejia. That's a good one. Yes. Mejia. M E X I A. That's another. Yeah. Brett Farb. Yeah. That's the class. That's why something calls. What was it? There's something about Mary. Brett Favre? <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'm looking at Wikipedia's page on Hugo, Oklahoma. And famous residents. I'm, I'm in the notable people okay. section. All right. Lane Frost, the bull rider. Okay, yeah. From the late 80s, was from Hugo. The former governor of Oklahoma, William Judson Holloway. Okay. He was no Jamail Holloway. <laughs> Bill Moyers, liberal journalist and former White House press secretary Ooh. under the LBJ administration. Bill Moyers, yeah, I remember Bill Moyers. I had no idea that he was from Hugo though nor did i uh that's about like none of these other people like all everybody else is just kind of a small time celebrity wasn't daryl royal from hugo no daryl royal was from hollis i believe right i'll have to go ahead and google him up i'm already on it daryl k royal was born in hollis oklahoma you are exactly right hollis that's very southwest oklahoma you're basically in Texas at that point. Wait, now buddy, somebody is disputing the Richard Turner uh, information. Oh, interesting. Okay. Richard Turner from Soper? That's got to be a move to Edmond to play right? high school football. I I didn't I remember Richard Turner and he was a good player. I didn't remember Hugo with him. So that one didn't ring a bell. Most of the guys who played a lot, I back in those days, I've got a pretty good recall. You know, ask me something from five minutes ago, and I probably won't have a clue. But uh, Hugo didn't really ring a bell with Richard Turner for me. So, one, one listener says, my dad's got two ex-wives in Hugo, and that's where Lane Frost is buried. Now, Lane Frost, was that the movie Eight Seconds was about? Yes, yes, Okay, that is. Okay, I'm actually okay. So now I'm on the Wikipedia page for Hollis, Oklahoma. Hollis mm-hmm. has produced some pretty notable athletes over the years. Obviously, you have Daryl Royal, you have Ted Owens, who was Kansas's basketball coach yep. from yep. 1964 to 1983. Alton Coppage, who played football at Oklahoma and later in the NFL in the uh, early 1940s. So that's a while ago. Leon Heath. All-American running back for Oklahoma. Yeah, good player. Uh, that was that was even before your time, Steely. But I've heard his name mentioned a lot. Leon, Leon Manley, who was a guard at Oklahoma from 1947 to 1949. So, dang, 40s and 50s, Hollis had some dudes. I guess. All right, somebody said, according to Soonerstats.com, only two players from Hugo. So, I guess we've established uh, John Higginbotham. You want to? 
click on that one real quick. According to Soonerstats.com, see who the other guy is. Uh, oh, they didn't. They, oh, didn't, they didn't even list them. But just two. Two players from Hugo. Well, I I, I guess we're. Uh, okay, another listener says Richard Turner played in Edmond. Yeah. So Hugo is home to multiple circuses and their animals. Really, I did not know that. Is spe- uh, famous for its circus presence, specifically the elephants. We learned so much on the Air Comfort really, Solutions. Really, there are elephant line. graves in Hugo. I did not know that. Giant elephant graves. Wow. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> couple hundred years from now and people dig those elephant bones up, I wonder what they're going to think those are. We had no idea the elephants, you know, were over here in Hugo, but apparently they were. Lane Frost is buried in Hugo, this from a listener, because one of his requests in life was to be buried beside Freckles Brown. Ah. Freckles Brown is buried right beside him. Freckles Brown, another famous uh, rodeo person of course it sounds like freckles brown sounds like a guy that would be great to have like tequila shots with back in the day right i mean <laughs> you would have a good time just shooting the breeze with freckles brown you can't tell me that freckles brown would have been boring by any means if you if you're freckles you've got to have some personality to be freckles brown and some talent right man this has been one of the more educational shows we've ever had on the air comfort solutions text line i'm learning so much from these lifelong Oklahomans. Yeah, good stuff. They're helping because us out. If there's one thing I am not, it is a lifelong Oklahoman. I'm still I'm still a transplant for the time being. All right, we're going to take a quick break right here. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. They've got the great guarantee, the greatest guarantee in the automotive industry, and that would be oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. I love that sentence, no additional cost to you. Those words go beautifully together. I've killed a couple engines, so I need that guarantee. Exit 72 in Paul's Valley, the Seth Wadley Auto Group. All right, we got to talk about these Sweet 16 matchups tonight, a little more Sooner football as well. Keep it here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. Okay, welcome back. It is a Thursday edition. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Steelman and Thune at noon here on uh, the Ref Radio Network. Hope your Thursday's going well. Thanks for all the texts today. We'll get back to them here in just a bit. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. What was the Thunder doing last night winning that game? That was a must-lose game. You could have had... The second worst record in the league. You're still at number four. You beat Orlando last night. Oklahoma City did. Teo Maladon had a great game, 25.6 assists. Trey Mann still looks really good. What a great draft for Oklahoma City. Had 21 last night. Uh, Isaiah Roby had 21. Uh, Vit Krejci, 4 of 6 from 3, 12 points. Oklahoma City still fourth in the standings. Next up for Oklahoma City, they play at Denver coming up Saturday night. But, man, they could have been right there with the second-worst record in the league. If you're going to tank, go full-on tank, man. Go George S. Patton, Erwin Rommel, be a great tank commander. Anyway, what is it's like uh, three and a half percentage points, I think. So you would get a couple more ping pong balls. But uh, Oklahoma City, you know, when you think about what they're picking, 4th, 15th, 30th, and 34th, you're going to have uh, one guy in the lottery, one guy just outside the, the lottery. But, uh, you know, Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, Paulo Boncaro, Jaden Ivey from Purdue. Um, 
you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. All right, so the Thunder, man, that was that was a devastating win, is what it was. <laughs> In the in the bizarro the, thunder. the bizarro NBA world, that was a devastating win for Oklahoma City. All right, sweet sweet sixteen tonight. Uh, Gonzaga, Arkansas in the West in San Francisco. First up on CBS at six ten, six forty on or six thirty on CBS or TBS rather in the South in San Antonio. Bill Nova in Michigan. Duke and Tech will play Texas Tech eight forty. In the West draw, again in San Francisco, that'll be a CBS game. And then Arizona and Kelvin Sampson and the Houston Cougars do battle uh, in San Antonio, the late game tonight, 9 o'clock on TBS. Uh, What do you see happening in these matchups tonight? Any upsets? You like Houston? (sighs) I I do like Houston, and I don't know if I would really quantify that as an upset. I guess technically in terms of seeding it is, but – I've thought for a long time now, Houston is probably one of the five best basketball teams in the country. And so I actually have them going to the Elite Eight. And now that Tennessee's out of the picture, I think they could go to the Final Four. So, yes, I like Houston in that game. I like Duke over Tech. I like Villanova over Michigan. Michigan's had a nice run. I think that comes to an end tonight. And then I'm rolling with the Zags, man. I'm rolling with the Zags. Then we get Coach you know, K against uh, Gonzaga in that regional final. Then we get That'll the be fun. Peacocks tomorrow night, six oh nine p.m. tip. You are all in. On, have you got your St. Peter's hoodie or T-shirt uh, yet? I, I listen. If they go to the Final Four, I will. I'm not joking. I will buy up the St. Peter's merch. They got to get to the Final Four though. If I I'm wonder if there's any merch available though. Now it's they're probably making a ridiculous amount of money right now on merch, and they're probably going to get the Flutie effect too, big time. Yeah, I, it's going to be interesting to see that uh, matchup play out. That's the first game out on Friday as they take on uh, Jaden Ivy and Purdue on Friday. Uh, Gonzaga Duke played, of course, earlier uh, this season in a uh, obviously a non-league game, and uh, it was a great game. And Duke won 84 to 81. So, uh, and again, that was on a neutral floor. I, I think that I, I want to see that matchup. I think that'll be fun. Um, I, I think Arizona probably wins this matchup. Some people think that uh, Duke could be in trouble against Tech because Tech defends very well, but they also go through long scoring droughts, you know. Um, and look, Mark Adams has done a great job, there's no doubt. But Duke, you're talking about, uh, you know, a a team that I think showed a lot of grit and determination in winning that game when they were down and out, it looked like, for a while against Michigan State when the Spartans made that run. But you've got a Duke team that has two guys going in the lottery, you know, with uh, obviously with Paolo uh, Bancaro, and then you look at A.J. Griffin, and then uh, just outside the lottery, Wendell Moore probably would be in the, I don't know, 16-20 range somewhere. So their talent is immense, no doubt. But should be some fun basketball tonight all right also news coming out that another potential grand jury could be reconvened in houston to uh go after deshaun watson again so man that's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out because i don't know if there's a you know how many times can you impanel a grand jury for i don't know uh, you know, trial, you have double jeopardy or whatever, uh, you know, you can have an appeal. But I, I'm not sure how many times you can convene a grand jury 
Uh, is there a limitation? I don't know if it's a Texas law, uh, you know, how many times that can happen. But certainly the Cleveland Browns, if there's any organization that could foul this up and not vet him properly and thinking all this is over except for the civil suits, it would be the Cleveland Browns. So there you go. By the way, Mark Mangino posted a picture to Twitter an hour ago. And? Figured you'd like to know. He's at a uh, he's at an MLB spring training game, but he's wearing an OU hat. So coming back as an analyst? Bring, question mark? Bring Mangino back. Yes. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch getting back together. <laughs> to be clear, we're not reporting anything here because what the odds that that happens are not high. But, man, wouldn't that be great? Like, that would be the cherry on top of this staff if they brought Mark Mangino back to town. Yeah. Uh, the band's getting back together in many ways. There's still a few members out there, but uh, who knows? Maybe they'll jump on stage with Brent in some capacity. All right, you want to get back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line real quick, 405-651-3439. One listener says, Orlando is better at tanking than OKC. We sat SGA, but they sat Wendell Carter. The race to the bottom is still alive. There's still time. Oklahoma City has nine games left. They need to lose out. Just lose out. Another listener says, the movie Leaves of Grass, starring Ed Norton, was filmed in and around Hugo. Excellent movie, huge cast. Never seen that movie. Have you, Mike? No, that's the uh, Walt Whitman uh, poem, right? The Leaves of Grass. I've never seen that movie either. But I know that Monica Lewinsky uh, got that book from Bill Clinton. And she got a lot more from Bill Clinton, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Didn't he get a lot more from her? Well, I I guess it went both ways, yes. Oh, okay. So... Anyway, somebody was asking about uh, Phil Mickelson. What was the question on Phil? Uh, Do you think he's on uh, double secret probation, a PGA suspension? My guess is yes. It's got something to do with the PGA. I like how you put Hefty in there because if you watch the Tiger documentary on uh, HBO or if you've read any books about Tiger, when they were growing up playing junior golf – Tita Woods, Tiger's mom, called Phil Hefty, calls him Hefty instead of Lefty. So my guess is it's uh, either either a PGA Tour thing uh, and or maybe Augusta can make that call. Now, Augusta's on the PGA Tour schedule, but it's not a PGA Tour event. Like I said, Augusta is an invitational. Augusta runs the show. So maybe it was an Augusta call. I know. I don't think Phil would say, I don't want to face the media I don't think Phil would say, well, I lost KPN. You know, maybe I need to wait for sponsors. He only has so many majors left, and Augusta is a place where he can contend. Obviously, last year what he did in the PGA at Kiowa Island came out of nowhere. But uh, I think we'll know if he is not at Southern Hills in May for the PGA to defend his championship there that he won at Kiowa last year, then I think we'll know it's a PGA Tour suspension behind the scenes that they haven't announced. By the way, one, and one listener says, one more thing on Hugo. I'll never forget the day Vern Lundquist said, do you know where Hugo, Oklahoma is? <laughs> this was after Derek Locke scored in overtime against LSU. I remember that game so vividly. 2007. That 2007 season was wild, and that was one of the wildest games all year. And it was, it was the big SEC on CBS game that day. Went to triple overtime, mm-hmm. and Kentucky won because I want to say they stuffed LSU on a fourth and two in the third overtime. 
I love it when LSU gets stuffed by anybody. All right. Uh, Brad Pitt was born here also. Yeah, he was born in Shawnee, In right? Shawnee, yes. I, I only know that because my best friend is from Shawnee, and it's one of the things that he wouldn't shut up about. And uh, there have been rumors, maybe there are facts, I don't know, but uh, that Brad Pitt has flown back just to get eat a burger. At, what's the, uh, the really good Oh, thing? Hamburger King? Yeah, apparently he's... He's been back a, a few times. Interesting. I've never have, been to Hamburger King. Is it is it truly King? It's it's legit. That is I, whenever I make the pilgrimage to Shawnee, which I actually maybe I'll maybe I'll go out there tomorrow. I haven't been there in a minute, but I have some time on my hands tomorrow, so I might go out to Shawnee and uh, check in on my buddy out there. But yes, Hamburger King, those burgers are pretty dang legit. Hmm. I I may have to go investigate. Now, on the whole, the cuisine in Shawnee is pretty disappointing, but Hamburger King doesn't miss. All right, so where are you on In-N-Out versus Whataburger? Oh, that it's tough for me because here's the thing. If we're just talking straight-up burgers, mm-hmm. I prefer In-N-Out. Do you? Yes, and also here's what people don't know about the In-N-Out fries. Everyone complains about them. And understandably so, because they're not very good. You have to ask for In-N-Out to double fry them. If you ask for double cooked fries, the fries are 10 times better. I did not know that. So if you do that, that solves the great fry dilemma at In-N-Out. Because nobody actually wants to order those fries, right? They're just not good. Because they're so underdone. I would go slight edge Whataburger, but In and Out's pretty good, and you can't go wrong at either place. If we're talking burgers, I prefer In and Out. But what I appreciate about Whataburger is that they have such a diversity of options on the menu. I have made mm-hmm. many a post eleven p.m. run to Whataburger. Oh for my gosh! Food. Yes, that you can customize there. And my uh, generally my entree of choice, if I'm eating a meal there, is the patty melt. Can't go wrong with that. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. All right, we need to break right here. Man, you guys have done a great job in the text line today. You always do, but, man, you're coming through. You're coming through big time. 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. That is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Come back. Some final sports notes, maybe some predictions on the games tonight. Keep it here in the ref. Down the home stretch. Here on a Thursday, I'll be heading out to Riverwind Casino to do the uh, streaming show from 3 to 5. And want to remind you that it's a huge weekend at Riverwind in terms of uh, promotional giveaways. 80K courtside cash giveaway Friday night, 6 to 11.30 is the drawing. Two grand prize winners also drawn out at just before midnight. And then the 80K land into luxury giveaway is happening Saturday night, 7 to 10.30. And the ultimate grand prize winner is going to win the keys, win themselves a brand new 2022 Cadillac XT5. Heck of a deal. Always something to do. Great dining options at Riverwind, the food court, the river buffet. Uh, The food court, by the way, I was out there putting my streaming equipment uh, up earlier this morning. I do that very early Thursday morning. And uh, I decided to make a trip over to IHOP, have myself a breakfast burrito. They now have an IHOP over there, operational in the food court. And, of course, the River Buffet, uh, great options for you. Friday night, steak night, all-you-can-eat steak for $29.99. And seafood night, if you like those crab legs, and, man, a lot of people do, they are great. 
And uh, all-you-can-eat seafood night happening over at the River Buffet on Saturday. So get on out there. Uh, you can also check out online the brand-new 2022 Beats and Bites concert schedule. We'll lead it off May 28th with Night Ranger and Starship. Outdoors, food trucks everywhere, craft beer from Coop Ale Works. Check it out all online at Riverwind.com. Riverwind, simply the best. What is your favorite Oklahoma small town? I know you've been here for... You, you haven't uh, perused the whole state, but much of the state. Which small town is your favorite? That is a great question. I don't know if I have one answer. I do like Idabel. Mm-hmm. I like Atoka. Okay. Atoka is kind of situated up in the more hilly region of Oklahoma, right? So there's some topography. I like topography. Been to That's Arcoma? Where That's where my uh, aunt and uncle used to live. I have not been to Arcoma. Right there on the border, Arcoma, right by the Arkansas River. Yeah, I figured as much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think the towns that I drive through generally. I'm trying to think what's off 35, both north and south. Blackwell is somewhere I stop from time to time. Okay. That's yep. in the very north portion of Oklahoma, maybe about 10 miles, maybe less. What about Mulhall? Have you been to Mulhall? I've been to Mulhall. There's that one exit Mm -hmm. with the gas station that looks like it's been abandoned for 15 years and the church that always had – it's always got those weird lights on at nighttime where it's just kind of like – you kind of feel like there's something something creepy going on over there. I'm going with Katusa because of the blue the whale. The blue whale of the blue, Katusa. The blue I whale. I saw that. the commercial. I know. I saw that commercial that you were talking Dude, about a couple weeks ago. We uh, we used to. I, I remember a road trip we took some buddies a long time ago, and I just had styrofoam. We're going. I didn't tell them where we we're going. And I we just had styrofoam cups, and I had a blue like sharpie, so I just drew a whale on each of them. They had no idea what it was. And so, of course, we were really smart and drank beer all the way down there. We had a designated driver, but that was the road trip to the Blue Whale, and we just partied in Catoosa right over there by the Blue Whale. And now the Blue Whale, of course, is a Route 66 landmark, and now it's featured in this national commercial. And what a great monument, the Blue Whale of Catoosa. Landmarks, man, that's what I'm all about, like the milk bottle building in Oklahoma City. It used to be called the beer box. It had the Townley's milk bottle. But at one time, it was painted white, and on the milk bottle, it just said beer box. That was it. <laughs> couple, and you, you could drive through and get beer there, so we had to road trip there also way back in the day. couple other small towns I will shout out. Okay. Medill. Mm-hmm. I like Medill. And then, obviously, Davis because of the fried pies. Those like are pretty if good. Go, if you're going south on I-35, you're, you're, you got to grab you a fried. There's pie. some uh, aroma around that area though, because that's down by sulfur, of course. So oh, that's true. That's true. Now, uh, of course, I did the documentary a couple of years back on Pitcher, Oklahoma, which I suppose is no longer a town, but spent a lot of time up in that area, Miami, Commerce, Quapaw. So became pretty familiar with those small towns as well. Quapaw is a cool sounding name. It is, isn't you know, it? It is. Yes, it is. All right. Uh, we have a Frogville. We have a Cookie Town. you got Hooker. Uh, you've got Pink. <laughs> all these great Oklahoma towns. But I'm going to go with Catoosa for the Blue Whale. Big fan of the Blue Whale. All right. got to get out of here. Everybody, great job on the text line today. We appreciate it. 
Parker and Tyler are going to be talking a lot of Sooner stuff during Locked In. That is the main course, and there are very few side dishes. So if you're ready for a big Sooner steak, it's coming your way. All right? Everybody, again, thanks for all the texts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line today. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley sponsoring our second hour. Have a great Thursday. We'll see you.